Welcome back to the OTL podcast. It's it, crunch time. We've got the playoffs coming up, uh, so we're all quite excited and desperate to get back on and do another podcast. Tonight, I've got not double Denim, but double David. So I've got David quickly returning to the podcast. David, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good to be and back. A big congratulations from, from everyone. You're engaged since the last time that you were on the podcast, so uh, many congratulations and uh, hopefully you don't miss too many Airdrie games in the, the, the planning for the big day. Thank you. I'll do my best not to have made sure the calendar's free when we're booking it. <laughs> and we've got a, another debutant, so for the second podcast in a row, delighted to have a new voice on. So, David Roxborough, welcome to the OTL podcast. Thanks very much, Colin. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and David, uh, introduce yourself then. So tell us a, a bit about yourself. How did... Well, are you, where are you from? How did you end up supporting Airdrie? It's, it's nice to hear people's backstories. So I'm a, a Mavis boy through and through for any of the other Glen Mavis people listening. Um, I lived all my days between Glen Mavis and Airdrie. Probably a bit of a late starter in terms of being an Airdrie fan. Um, I know some folk get dragged along as a boy, but that wasn't the case for me. So it was early teens, me and my best friend at the time, getting the bus from Glen Mavis in, dropped off at the Airdrie bus station, which is right outside the ground, as everybody would know, old Broomfield. Um, and just happy memories of paying the delightful sum of 50 pence to get into the game. And just the atmosphere, I would say, I know we, we probably slate our current ground for not having much of an atmosphere, but the atmosphere at the old Broomfield drew me in right away. Just great crowds and... Brilliant noise and the rivalry right up at the fence. Um, the delights of the outdoor toilets, that's always fun, I'm sure, <laughs> for everybody that remembers it. But yeah, so, and I've been hooked ever since then. I've been around all the different grounds that we have habited at since um, and even managed to drag my wee boy along and convince him now that being an Adri fan is the best thing in the world. So, yeah, that's me. So give your son a shout out. What, what age is he and how many years have you, has he put up with supporting Airdrie when it's not been as good as what, what we knew growing up? Growing up? Um, so Ben's 15. I'd probably say it is about nine, ten years, really. He probably wasn't wholly into it in the first few years, but he absolutely is now. Um, to say as recent as Tuesday night, him and a couple of his pals round here doing a bit of the Broomfield stomp in our um, living room. I don't think my neighbours were too happy about that, but it had to be done, obviously. Um, not only for Irwin, but obviously with the result in the, the other game, um, it just made it a bit of a double delight, to be honest. So, uh, And any any favourite memories? For the, I think you, you mentioned before, it's not even necessarily games. It's a, it's kind of the old Broomfield experience that, that that's your, your strongest memory of your, your early time supporting the team. Yeah, and I would say, you know, I, I'm terrible for retaining information. I've got some friends who are great pulling out exact scores, times, dates, places and things like that. I remember players and just the feelings and experience. So I loved Peter Davenport as a player. David Kirkwood was another early favourite. Uh, I remember Marvin Wilson making his original debut and just being one of these kind of headless chicken guys kind of running about and then seeing him obviously grow and develop as a player. I don't know why, I just I liked his attitude. I liked the fact he just threw himself into everything. That was always my type of player. Um, big Justin Fashion now, of course, who... Um, 
again, a lot of people can just relate to is a character. I've always liked people that I thought were characters. Johnny Martin, you know, has uh, a lot of songs about Johnny and, and just a crazy kind of guy that, again, the sort of sort of person that drew me in and what made me want to go back to games. So yeah, that's my earliest kind of memories from a player's perspective. Best game that stands out, there's been quite a lot. But one, obviously, is the East End Cup game, I believe, where we equalised with only a few minutes to go and we thought we were getting a draw and then we scored, I think, Martin Hardy, was it? And uh, injury time threw himself into the back of the net and just these kind of moments, I think they're the sort of thing that keep you going whenever you have the lows, which Airdrie have had many of. So hopefully tides about to turn with that one, though. That is a, a perfect segue. So, yeah, we, we're, we're on the crest of a wave at the moment. Um, what, what's David Quigley, what's your, your reaction to, to finishing second place? And uh, and how annoyed are you when you look at the table and it's only two points to, uh, to what would have been a trophy and automatic promotion? Yeah, it's amazing how close we've actually came. The first, um, I didn't after the restart. I really didn't see us getting anywhere near the top two. Uh, I thought we'd maybe struggle to make the playoffs, but uh, fair play. We've they've really been excellent um, since it was a Dumbarton game. We got our first one after the restart, a one 0 win, and I they've really went on um, a great run. I thought. I've seen the injury I thought we'd see for the start of the season where we were able to grind out results. I mean, not pretty. We'd nick a goal at the other end. And I, th- I thought we'd do that a lot more, but we seemed to be struggling in close, closer games. We just came up short. But um, yeah, delighted with the run we've been on. And why not? Why can't we go all the way this time? Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, David Roxburgh, the, 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 the two points away. So, so what are your, your big what-if moments over the season? How could we have got three more points to finish top? So, listen, uh, somebody mentioned that as recent as the Partick game, had Gallagher's shot gone in and not hit the post, there's your win and we're top. But I think the issues started long before that. You know, when you look back through the games, I almost felt that every time we got a win, we had to get a loss. You know, it was like four wins, four losses, five wins, five losses, that sort of thing. And I think there was just a few pivotal games we would lose a goal and not be able to get back in there. And I think John even said in the commentary the other day, so I don't, I've not fact-checked this right, but I don't think we've necessarily come back from being behind and won a game. And I know that's a tough ask, but for a team that wants to be challenging at the top end, that resilience of being able to bounce back, I think we have lost quite a few games 1-0 or 2-1 this year, and we've just not been able to get back in. Uh, two games that are not league games necessarily, but... Edinburgh City, for example, you look at a game like that, you lose a goal against a team in the league below you, you should have the ability to fight your way back in, and we couldn't. And I think that has also been reciprocated in some of our league games. So it would be harsh to say that it was as late as the last few games since the restart. I think the damage was pretty much done before. I mean, I know when we restarted back, everybody would say, oh, say, well, we were, we were still there nearabouts, but... I think that's a different talking point altogether. I think there's been some key signings that have actually played real major parts in us finishing where we finished. And whoever brought Peyton and Turner in, for example, um, deserve a lot of credit because it's given us a really solid midfield that's allowed our defence to have confidence. It's allowed our attack to get better supply. But um, there's probably too many 
to pick from. But for me, it's just not been able to get back into games when we've gone a goal down. Yeah, a Dumbarton at home would be the the one that sticks out on, on that kind of theme because they, they didn't. They're not a great team. They were struggling with injuries. I think they didn't even have a full bench that day. And, and it was the perfect example of early season. As soon as we went behind, teams could sit in and we just seemed unable to break them down. Um, and it's, yeah, they'd be long, it'd end up being long ball, long throws, and it was frustrating and, and we couldn't turn it around. Edinburgh City games were perfect examples of yeah. it. Missed the midfield though, didn't we? As you say, long ball. I think by that Dumbarton game, to be fair, the keeper did have a couple cracking saves in that game, so we did make opportunities, whereas those other games that we just didn't look like creating like a thing, and it was against teams we really should have been doing more to beat. But um, on the point of the midfield as well, I think the recruitment in the summer cost us in the first half of the season, because we didn't have any centre midfielders. We're playing uh, two centre-backs, Mackay and Kerr, in midfield. And there was there was no creativity through the middle, and you can see such a difference with Turner in there now. The the ball he'll take the ball and move it on through the, through his feet. Um, it's it's I think the football's been better that way. We've been seeing more of the ball going through midfield rather than the continuous long hopeful balls up the park. Yeah, and I'd go as far as to say something potentially controversial here, right? But I dread to think where we would have actually ended up if we hadn't brought Turner and Peyton in, such is the influence I think they've had. Now, it's a team effort, right? Absolutely. But you can see the difference that they've made to the players around them. Cam and influence from Peyton, you know, being able to calm the game down, his experience. Turner being able to drive forward. And even just sometimes when it doesn't look like there's a pass on, he just makes a bit of a move, creates some space and picks out a lovely pass. It gives confidence to the defence that there's strong people ahead of them. They give confidence to the attack that, you know, it's worth making that run because the ball might come through, you know. And, and I agree with you, David, that I think that was lacking at the start of the season. We just didn't have a midfield that were capable of um, finding that killer ball or dropping short and taking the ball in off the defence, which is probably why we ended up going long an awful lot when... Most fans wanted to see the ball in the deck the way we've played in recent weeks. Yeah, when you watch Turner, you can see the, the difference in having a natural midfielder there. He knows where to find the space, where his first touch should go, where where the pass is, you know, when he can turn and get into space. Whereas uh, I, I like Mackay and Kerr as players, and I've always preferred Mackay at right back ahead of McDonald when he was there. So I was kind of eyebrows raised and the Furman came in for him, but um, and I was I like Kerr. I thought he would deserve his chance in the backline again. It's good to see them two settling in and, and playing their part. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I, the, the theme of this podcast is going to be trying to give some some limelight to some of the guys who don't get it. But I, I just don't think we can speak highly enough about Turner. He's probably the best player I've seen at Airdrie for for a decade. I mean, Scott Fraser was good. But I think that he's better than that. He just has everything to his game. And he's still young enough where you think he can kick on. And you hear rumours about falling outs or, or whatever at Dunfermline. But it just it's just amazing to think that they put that kind of talent aside. And his attitude seems to be spot on as, as well. I know he didn't go off to the hottest start. But, <laughs> but since then, he's not, he's not put a foot wrong. He, he got booked in the, the, the Thistle away game for, for, for just refusing 
to stop moaning at the referee when he should have had a free kick. Uh, and I kind of almost like that about him as well. It's just the the will to win and the, the, the drives there that he he t- took the booking rather than uh, just just accept the bad decision. Uh, and you talk about breeding confidence. I mean, Dean Ritchie scoring that goal up at Cove, it's almost as if other guys in the team are seeing the calmness on the ball and the using your technique and, and just feeling emboldened to do it. Riley looks a million times better as a player. Thompson's kicked on as well. Uh, Who would have known that he'd have left foot on him, by the way, can I just say? <laughs> You're right, though, but, another, but that's it. Yeah, I, and another one like that, right, is, is Leon McCann. Leon's a brilliant wee player. But in games where we've struggled, he's barely got over the halfway line, right? And the change in shape and having players that can bring him into play in midfield like Turner and Payton. And again, I don't want to just focus on them two. I'm trying to focus on others. But the, the difference they've made, McCann's going forward, he's driving, and you can almost see his confidence. He knows he can take a guy on, he knows he can beat him. And you know, Riley, as I say, somebody that's probably had okay games, but then suddenly coming on, it's almost like everybody else is picking up and buying in that confidence. And what's brilliant about it for me is Turner could have come, right, and just played out his time. He's not our player. He's on loan until his contract ends with Dunfermline. But you can just tell the guy's attitude as he wants to win. I could see him being the sort of guy that would never let his kids win. If and when he gets kids, he'll never let them win a game of football in their life because he's that competitive, you know. He's just the sort of person for me, even a game of five sides, he'd want to win the winning team. And and that has been absolutely crucial for us, having somebody with that attitude and that appetite. That even though he was very unlikely to ever be with us beyond this season, he's playing like somebody that's on a five-year contract and wants to get up into the top flight and he's dragging everybody with him. And that sounds terrible saying dragging them because it makes it sound like without him, we wouldn't be the team we are. But, you know, when he came in, we weren't playing great. When he gets sent off in that game, we then went three games without him where he didn't do well. And since he's come in, it's been a turnaround. So he, he, he deserves the credit in my opinion. I was just, um, we are talking about McCann getting up the pitch. And I think that's partly down to having a midfield that can move the ball quickly and get us turned and on the attack quicker. There's space there to get into an attack, whereas before we were much slower, methodical, and how many times did you see us going backwards or sideways? And by that point, the opposition, they're all back, they're all in their own half, and it's harder to break down. There isn't the space to go into there. And 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 teams dominating us. I mean, we weren't a good football inside, and uh, the thing about long ball, if you think about classic Wimbledon or whatever, you, you would set up so that you, you had a big lump up front that you could play off. So you could just play long diagonal balls. Someone would win it and then you would go off that. But we don't have a, a Jim Lister or an Andy Smith or, or anybody in that mould. So it, it just felt like square pegs and, and round holes. And it, it's, it's great to watch now that they've, uh, that they've sorted out the, the, the recruitment. Or got, I mean, let's be fair, got a better calibre of player in. At the start of the season, to get a player as good as... Uh, as good as Turner, maybe the money wasn't there. So uh, it's worked out really well that, that, that circumstances have allowed us to get him in. And and probably with Dunfermline still picking up a bit of his wage because they were so keen to to have McDonald's. So, yeah, it's, it's turned our season around. Um, but, but I want to move on to the guys who, thinking back through podcasts, who we haven't spoken about and who I think 
given the, the run that we've been on, uh, deserve deserve a bit more credit. So I'll just go through some of the names and and you can give me your thoughts. But but Max Curry, I mean, I I had the sense that a lot of people were really disappointed when when David Hutton left, uh, and he'd been a good servant for Airdrie. He had some brilliant saves. Even this season, at the start of the year, when Max Curry couldn't play for a few games, I thought he was a, a solid enough performer. But the last few games, especially and and Patrick Thistleway, uh, uh, Max Curry's really shown up. So, so David Roxburgh, what, what do you make, make of the keeper? I've been overall impressed. I think you say when when you have a keeper that's a fan's favourite, right? Whoever comes in next almost has to raise the bar a little bit. Um, so it's a bigger challenge than if he's replacing somebody that people are happy to see go. I've been impressed he's pulled off from key saves. I think there's no point in time where I could think over the course of the season that he has cost us any points as such. So from that point, he's been a steady set of hands. He'll come out, take the ball. He has pulled off some really important saves since uh, since obviously the restart. So yeah, I really like him. And he's a young keeper. He's only going to get better, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, agree. I, I agree with a lot of that. I can't think of any mistakes, any clear mistakes he's made or any time I've, I've been disappointed in him. He's been just very reliable, dependable. He's proven himself as a great shot stopper. I think he's, I like Hutton, like most Airdrie fans, but I do think Curry's a wee step up and he's a lot younger, obviously. So if we can hold on to him, we've got a good dependable keeper for a few years to come, hopefully. And I think he's part-time and this is one of these players where the hybrid model works for him. Yeah, if you can get a goalkeeper as good as that and, and, and save a wage that you might be able to play on someone else. If we do end up stuck in this league again next year, then uh, he's definitely someone I think you would you would want to have as one of the, the, the key blocks to your to your squad. Right, next one, um, Kyle O'Connell. So came in fairly early in the season um, from Kilmarnock, a bit in and out, um, but I think again recently in, in, in the run, I mean, the Montrose game, we won the Montrose game. We didn't need to do much. A couple of times we gave him the ball and he, he just went and, and, and won the game. So, David, quickly, I'll go to you first. But what do you make of Kyle Connell? I'm a big, big fan of his. I think he's got a great future in the game. Um, and he's still very, very young. I'd love it if we could get him again next year. But I think you'll maybe see Kilmarnock want to loan him out of a championship team, perhaps. Um, some big goals, as you say. I think Falkirk away, the first... Victory against them, I'm sure it was Connell that yep. got the goal there as well. So his his contribution's been been massive as well, and I've been I'm very impressed with him. Yeah, I agree. He's raw, right? You can tell he's a raw talent. I mean, he scored a couple of belters the other week, um, from edge of the box. So he's clearly got that confidence coming, and he can strike the ball. But I think that rawness, and that youthfulness, I think that's probably been something that's been great some games for us and not in other games across the team. We've got quite a young team, but he's definitely another one like Curry. He's got a really good future in the game. I'd love to get him on loan again because I think he will continue to develop. It might all depend on whether we get promoted next year, uh, uh, sorry, for next season or not. But yeah, he's not played as big a part as other people. Obviously, he's not been here as long, but he's definitely uh, a good foil to have up front for be it Gal or or Roy, to be honest with you. I, I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's, he's had to wait his chance as well. I mean, he's, Roy from the restart, I think, has been good as well. Um, he has been spoken about on here, but his pace is is, is frightening. Uh, but but when he tires and after sixty minutes, you can bring on uh, Kyle Connell. It's no bad place to be. And that one shows game. What impressed me was more 
just the way that he was able to bully defenders. And I think he's 19, maybe 20. The last young player that I've seen be able to bully experienced centre-halves was, was Tony Watt. And I know that, that splits opinion, but he's gone on to have as good a career as as anybody we've seen for a, a long time, even now still playing Premier League in, uh, with, with Motherwell. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think Kyle Connell will do well. And, and let's... Let's not be defeatist, David Quigley. Let's hope that it's uh, the championship team that he's on loan to next year is Airdrie. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, another one, uh, you mentioned them already, uh, David Quigley, so I'll come back to you on Josh Kerr. So started the season in midfield, has been out to have an operation and then with Crichton being injured, uh, has come, come back, I think less than five weeks after an operation, played three games in a week um, and and to me, look like he's showed it. So what, what do you make of Josh over the season and then in each of his positions, what, what do you what do you think of him? Yeah, over the season, um, I've been happy with him. Obviously, midfield he spoke about isn't his, his natural position. He's a defender. But um, he, he did a few good games in midfield, but he could have done with an experienced hand beside him, helping him. But since he's went into... I was actually shouting for him to go in the defence early in the season and place a Crichton. Um, I thought Crichton's performance is a bit below par and he could have done with a rest. And I, since he's went into the back line, he's been brilliant, I think. Um, three games in five, three games in a week after an operation as well. That, that speaks volumes of his fitness. But um, he's another one I'd like to see with us next year. Um, I think... Um, and for Dice could be a really good partnership uh, going forward. And they have Crichton there as well. Give us three really good centre-backs. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, I think last season, I always felt he had a mistake in him every game. Um, I don't know if that, again, is controversial or not, but he has a range of passing on him that for a defender is, is superb. This season, he's definitely stepped his game up. He's cut out the, the silly wee mistakes. Just plays things a bit more sensible, but I think he has also been key in us being able to build out from the back because he's just got that ability to kind of pick out a man. So I've really liked him. Again, another one for the future. Uh, I hope that we keep him on. He's definitely building a strong relationship with Fordyce. And you know what? Maybe that's what we need. It's always been Crichton and Fordyce. Maybe we need that challenge in there and we keep everyone on their toes. But yeah, I definitely think that he's played a really key role at the back in the last few games. We've we've got three clean sheets in the last six games, I think. So, yeah, he's, he's played his part along with the other guy, Curry, that we were just speaking about a minute ago. They've they've both really, I guess, helped us get points on the board, haven't they? Yeah, yeah no, I've been really impressed by Bukher this season. Uh, last year, I would agree. I think it was mixed bag, and I thought, especially the, the game at Tynecastle, uh, he, he looked a bit lost. Um, so, Great to see him some progress. He's looked just really assured in the last few games. Whatever company it is that does Airdrie's stats, he's made it onto their like top five distance uh, achievers a couple of times. Like they tweet out our top five mileage uh, this week where, and he's in there. So he's obviously got a good engine, got a good range of passing. Uh, seems to have good recovery pace, so I think the, the building blocks are there, um, and and maybe there's been some sort of master plan of playing him in midfield for long enough that you've now got a centre half who is comfortable on the ball when you're in a, a back three. So fingers crossed he just continues to develop. But um, he's, he's he's been key. I mean, he played up until the break when we did get ourselves back to within 
well, five points to the top of the league, but with a game in hand, he he was he was in the team, and then it was when he was out after uh, the break where we did seem to struggle. So I think you've got to say he's 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 been key and and all the good stuff. So yeah, good. I like how you're I like how you're trying to give him credit for the playing with midfield to make him a better defender. I think we, I think we just tried to make him a better make him a midfielder because of his passing. You know, and, and, and the thing is, it just we've seen it all too often for Adrian in the past. You know, I remember going back to Varai playing right mid, Roberts playing right mid. We seem to try and shoehorn players in, and we've definitely done that this season. And I think I'll not be the only fan who says it's been frustrating at times to see us trying to do that. So it is good seeing Karen there now, because I think that's his natural position. I think you similarly said Paul Mackay in defence. I think that's another one that when we play in midfield, you know, he gets away with some games, there's other games it doesn't work. So I think he's he's definitely a far more comfortable defender. Um, we're, we're saving that one up. <laughs> so we'll go on to... Uh, right, Dale, Dale, Dale Carrick. So Dale Carrick was probably a bit of a hero when he first came to his... Possibly even on loan when he first joined uh, and scored, scored like a goal a game in his first little burst. Then had a quiet second season. Uh, and then he's one of those, I think if you asked Dale Carrick where he wanted to play, it would probably be further up the pitch, but um, he, he's kind of used maybe a bit more winger, advanced midfielder, arguably even a, a, a fullback in a, uh, in a back five. And, and he, he does just seem to get on with it. So, so David Rockford, what do, you, what do you make of Dale Carrick? I really like Dale. I've always liked him. I think... Two of the phrases that, that jumped to mind right away is, is professional and his work rate is second to none. And he's always been like that. And that's what I like about him. He'll run himself into the ground. He is a super fit player in that sense. He'll keep going and going and going. And, you know, he's not going to, he's not ever going to be your top goal scorer, right? I don't think that's his natural role. But again, for me, he's somebody that can bring other people into the game. He can create space for them. He can make good runs, decoy runs. Um, and, and, as I say, he's not selfish. He, he always looks to bring other people in, sometimes maybe not selfish enough. What he definitely can do is take a good penalty. I know he's scored plenty of key penalties this year, and even the one that he missed, he still got there first to head it in, which took a bit of composure, to be fair, because, you know, there's always going to be ones that get saved. But I think he's added a lot in terms of he's an absolute team player. And he's definitely be one of these guys. I reckon he'd play left back if it meant he got on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? He... he absolutely wants to be on that pitch and that's the sort of attitude the fans want, somebody that's just going to give their all Yeah, I, I agree with the, the part that he gives us all he's, he never leaves the pitch without giving 100% and as a fan that's what you want to see for your club, a player that just will run himself into the ground uh, he can some, this, this final ball can sometimes be a bit poor as decision making um, but you can forgive him for that because he'll always you know what you're getting with him yeah, okay. With Dale, okay, I don't really know what his best position is, though. Is it right up top? Is it just in be- behind the front two? Or is it just out to the right or left? He, he, he can play, he's been played in a lot of positions over the last few years. But um, now, it's safe. As long as he gives 100%, continues to do that, he's, he'll always be an asset. Um, especially, you think of the bigger games, you know, like it's a Falkirk, Partick Thistle games, and you know you're maybe going to be under the cosh. He's, he's a player that will always work back and do his bit in defence as well. 
and you'll see him making the break up the up the park to assist the attack. So he's he'll work his socks off for you and a real asset, especially in games such as that, when you know you're going to be pinned back. That's a great shout, by the way, because I think that's one of the most important things. It's that that attitude to work back. And you know, there's been games where you've seen players that have not. He's never one of the guys left up the park. He's the first one to burst to get to get back in to cover. So a uh, great attitude. Selfless, unless uh, <laughs> the Clyde <laughs> game when Gal was sitting on on a brace and we got a penalty, and uh, get a deal just was not for giving it up. But but <laughs> you, you need to make sure you score your penalties. So uh, fair play to him. He backs himself to score them. Right, right. You jumped the jumped the gun on this one, David. But I'm going to get more uh, controversial. So. Uh, really splits opinion amongst the the Airdrie fans, but but Paul Mackay, so uh, he's been almost an ever present for about two seasons. Some people would would question that, but I think he's I think he's very similar to Care when they've when they've moved them back. To, to me, he looks a, a lot more comfortable uh, and he's a lot more effective. Uh, and especially in the the Montrose game, I thought he was. He just seemed to keep popping up and, and winning the ball. I thought he had a, a, a brilliant game there. So uh, he, in this run that we've been on, he's, he's been involved all the way through. I, th- I think you can't. It'd be churlish not to give him credit, but but I don't know. Maybe maybe you disagree. So David Keogh, come at you first. What Paul Mackay? Are you a fan? I am indeed. I've been a fan of his all season. Um, midfield isn't like care as you say. Isn't it? it's not his first position. But uh, he gave you a physicality in the middle of the park, which was some games you needed. Um, he can play further up as well, but I, I always thought his best position or favourite position for me is right back. Um, I always wanted him in there ahead of McDonald because I didn't rate McDonald at all. Uh, I thought his position in all sense was poor or whatever. But, so I'd always have had Mackay in it right back for the start. Um, but I, I'm impressed that as I say, he can play across the back midfield, but he can play right mid further up a bit. And for set pieces, although he's usually one throwing the ball in, there's <laughs> a banded long throw. When you get corners and free kicks, he's a good presence in the box and he causes other teams' problems. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of him. And I know a lot of people scratch their head at how he gets into the team, but I'd, I'd always have him in there somewhere, preferably right back, which is where he seems to have settled since uh, since McDonald went off to Dunfermline. David R, do you agree? Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Not sure where to go with this, right? If I'm honest, right, I've probably been one of his biggest critics. I have, and he's definitely Marmite, right? And I, I would agree, right back, centre half better, but I'm almost going to have a slight go at but defend him at the same time here, right? But I think I've been frustrated that the long throw just became this thing that I think we tried way too much, right? It was a bit like back in the day, Owen Coyle used to score some great lobs, but he'd try 20 before one went in and you'd be frustrated with the other 19. And I kind of feel that with the long throw. It's great when it works, but it always seemed to be there only worked against Falkirk <laughs> for whatever reason, right? Um I didn't like him in midfield because I felt there was other players that maybe deserved to be in there before him. And um, it's funny, but I think I started developing that view where I probably picked out his faults and maybe wasn't as as um, wasn't as supportive of what he was doing well, right? And that is why I think he's a very talked about player, probably one of the most talked about players 
because you've got two different sides of people that think he's brilliant who will defend him even more because there's people that that don't yeah. rate him. But I think he's been a victim of tactics and pick. He's been, as you say, almost an ever-present. He's been moved about constantly. When we've subbed, rather than sometimes people maybe thinking he should be the person to go off, someone else goes off and he gets moved into their position. But that's not his fault, right? The long throw, he's going to be told to do that. Um, getting moved about, he's told to do that. So if you're a player playing and your manager tells you do this, do that, move there, move there, you're not going to disagree. So I think at times I would probably have put the responsibility more on Murray playing him out of position or sticking to a tactic that just didn't work. Now, yeah, where we are now is brilliant and hindsight's a wonderful thing, but there were definitely frustrating times early in the season where I thought he was a player that should have been subbed off and he wasn't. And saying that, He's been brilliant at the back in recent weeks. Again, he's equally as key as Kerr is and and Curry is and for Dice is in terms of keeping clean sheets, you know, in terms of playing out from the back. He can move the ball about well. He does have a good height advantage. The long throw does work occasionally. So unsung hero, I think that's a stretch, but he's definitely been a solid player who has improved along with the rest of the team in in recent weeks. That is maybe as far as I'd go. I think what he also gets is a lot of people casting aspersions on his place in the team because of who his dad is and what his relationship may or may not be with it with the club. So <laughs> his twin brother arriving and getting a game probably didn't help him. And I don't think Jack's done anything that necessarily merited that start in the team. Albeit I don't think he was awful in, in games either, but I think he got a lot of grief for that. And he's probably had that a, a, most of his life. I mean, places he's been... Leeds, Cardiff, Philavogs, been whispers about, oh, he's he's Willie's boy and that's the only reason that he's there. But it's not, you wouldn't have a team winning six, drawing one and losing one in eight games, uh, able to carry someone. I just don't, I don't think it happens. And I think we're just about to come on to Ian Murray. Uh, he was very, very close to the door uh, at points in this season. Uh, so he couldn't afford to be playing someone for the sake of it either. So uh, I, I think... Uh, I think that's fair what you said, David. I'm not saying he's uh, the, the star man or anything, but I, I'd also agree with David Quigley on. Uh, I've got I've got time for him. I think I'd keep him for next season. Uh, I think he, he could develop further. And I'd also agree with you on the, the long throw is not his fault, but at points it's really frustrating when it, when it's not working. And that was the stuff early in the season, like one nil down. Uh, sorry, two one down against Thistle, and they were sitting in. And we just, you need to vary it a bit more sometimes. Uh, however, lately it does seem to have worked a couple of times. So, um, yeah, let, let's wait and see. But I think he's, I think you've got to give him credit for his his role in, in the run that the team's been on. But probably the ultimate potential unsung hero must be Ian Murray. And I'll uh, say it on here before. I mean, I was critical after the, uh, after the Cove game. I put a picture of Sandy Clark up on the, Facebook page just because I thought this this model isn't working. We need to just be the best part-time team that we can be and get someone in who's going to be an authoritarian gaffer of a boss. Uh, and uh, well, what, what can I say? He's, he's, he's had that run of eight games, and I feel similar similar to Mackay. A lot of people have never been having Ian Murray, and when we've done well previously, it's been oh well, that's because Colin Cameron's there or. Uh, well, he's it runs early in the season where we were doing well. He he wasn't doing the recruitment or whatever. There's nobody else there now, so so this run can only be down to Ian Murray. 
and at points he's made good tactical decisions, switching to a back three certainly seems to have worked. The last few games where the first halves haven't necessarily been great, but you've seen his team has won games late on, 2-0 victories against Montrose, Cove and Falkirk with, with goals coming uh, late in in the last two of those those games. Must be must say something about his fitness. He seems to now have a really strong bench with guys that he's he's stuck with who I would have written off at the time when we were struggling. Thomason we've already mentioned. So I've you've got to give credit to getting that Airdrie team second in this league is, is a good result. I would expect Patrick Thistle to finish above us and Falkirk to finish above us based on, on budgets. So uh, I doth my cap to him a bit. Uh, and to me, the key, one of the key skills in management is recruitment. And I think that's what Ian McCall has been excellent at down the years. And, and he did good business in the, the close this time around to get Patrick Thistle over the line. That's, to me, what Ian Murray's going to have to do if he, if 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 he stays at Airdrie and we don't go up, then we're going to lose Turner. Can you keep Peyton? I would suggest that you should. And who can you fill it? Who can you bring in to to make sure that we're not putting square pegs and round holes next season? So uh, credit where it's due. I think he's done really well. But can he back it up with with good recruit recruitment in the close season, regardless of what what league we're in? That's my. I've been greedy in taking the first take on that one. Uh, David, quickly, what what do you think of the gaffer? Um, after the Edinburgh City game, was it Edinburgh or Elgin? Sorry, um, the cup Definitely. twice. Yeah, Definitely. the second one, I was done with them. You know, um, I was through. It was just again with on earlier, a lackluster performance. It was I don't know, we created a chance. Um, it was kind of just get a repeat of what we'd seen earlier in the season. Nothing seemed to be changing. Um, but. I actually didn't miss the football a lot when we had the break, um, the, the forced break. Um, I was surprised how little I missed it, and I think it was just a bad taste that left in my mouth and just getting to the end of the road with Murray. But then we came back, and the first few games were really poor again. But we, we, we beat them Barton 1-0, a scrappy win, and we've kicked on a really good run, and it's left... You kind of feel you're in a, a conundrum, you know, do you stick with them for next season? Do you, do you twist and go with someone else? Um, see how the playoffs go. If he gets to the playoffs, you can't show him the door, in my opinion. He needs a chance. If he gets to the championship, he deserves a chance to keep us there and see what he can do there. But um, you hit on earlier with people giving Colin Cameron credit for the run we went on last season. I never did that. I always, you've got to give the manager credit. The assistant manager doesn't come in and do all the, the, the hard work um, and take all the credit. Likewise, there was a group of people that were saying it was Stuart Miller picking the teams and it was all him. Again, I didn't buy that. I, the buck stops with Ian Murray and I don't believe any manager would allow someone else to come in and undermine them. So, yeah, the, he's made some good tactical decisions lately. However, it's, it's just really hard because I was so... I was done with him. <laughs> And now I'm questioning, like, oh, should they get another chance? Because he's built a good team for the end of the season. But it's, again, putting trust in him to be able to do that from the start of the season, which he hasn't done yet. He's, his squad building has been quite poor. Whether it's been all him or not, I'll never know the answer to that. But um, if he gets us to the championship, keep him. If we fall, if we beat Cove and then lose in the last hurdle, it's not a decision I'd like to make. I don't know if I could 
Yeah, as I said, you keep them or let them go, but um, credit where credit's due for the, for the last eight games, the eight, nine games. I, I have an opinion on that. And I think the interesting thing is, if you'd asked me this a month ago, I was very much in the Murray out camp, right? But we're sitting seventh place at that point, looking at one of their worst seasons in years, right? And uh, I need to take some of my own advice and say it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, yeah, we spoke right at the beginning about, you know, missed opportunities to actually win the league. But finishing second is brilliant. We finished strong. And we're going into, yeah, we don't have a great record in playoffs, but we're going in, I would say, probably in the best form we've ever gone into playoffs with probably one of the strongest teams. Somebody, you know, mentioned in Facebook the squad that we had the last time we went in. And I'd look at our team now and take it every day of the week over the previous squad. No disrespect to those guys. Did we all get in there? But the team we've got now, I think, are better placed to go one step further and get us promoted. Um, and Murray's got to take credit for that. And I will, I will say that 100% hand on heart. If we, if we get promoted, it deserves an opportunity next season. Even if we don't get promoted, I think he maybe also deserves an opportunity to rebuild and go for it again. And the reason I say that is it's, it's, nobody will really know what sort of um, decision-making went into who we signed and things like that. But he's most definitely been in charge for signing the latest players that have made the difference. And he's definitely his own man now in terms of picking that team, deciding how we play. And it's looked brilliant in recent weeks. So, you know, you look at some of the greatest managers have been of all time, right? Alex Ferguson wasn't, and I'm not comparing Murray to Alex Ferguson, by the way, directly, but he didn't have a greatest start <laughs> at Man United, right? Alan McCoy's a legend as a player for Rangers. He didn't have the greatest start as a Rangers player. So sometimes people just need that bit of time. And yes, folk can say he's had a bit of time, but it's clearly coming good now. So I'm, I'm, I, I have changed my opinion and um, it's not to say I'll never change it again because it's what I do. But at this point in time, I think he's he's merited it and, and he, he deserves a chance to stay on. Yeah, the, I think it's the, there's the different skills of being a manager. So some of the things we've, I don't know, we've not been his biggest critics by, by far, but I remember us having a go when the, the view from the terrace um, let the cameras into the changing room and, and we'd sat around a table on a podcast and, Said he wasn't very good at swearing, or didn't seem very charismatic in his in his team talks. Uh, there's the the recruitment, the recruitment over the summer. I, I do think that there's well, what one whose decision was it, but also what what was the budget? So we were taking a punt on on guys like Sabatini and Robert who who don't have any track record, and I, I think that's where my where am I thinking of, well, let's just go part-time and get someone that knows the Scottish game well, like Sandy Clark, who's worked in it for years and years, and make sure you're not just rolling the dice to see if these guys are any good or not. Because look at Paul Payton, he's got pedigree and, and he can do it. And and, and Turner's not going to come up all the time, but uh, that, that's the kind of thing that Ian McCall does. I mean, that team that Ian McCall built, which nearly won the league, to think that McPherson, McFarlane... Uh, who else was in that team? Kevin James, uh, Roberts, Coyle. Teams didn't want him. So he was able, he had the eye for a player. And, and you hear that Ian McCall's not a great coach, but once you've brought players as good as that in, which he, which he's done at Ayr and done at Partick Thistle, then it kind of takes care of itself and you can get an assistant in to help you. So 
I think it's almost the he needs to be given a, a a transfer window where you know right that's been his decisions, uh, and uh, and you see if if, he, if we've still changed our mind on on giving him credit then uh, because uh, yeah I think the, the the other part of being a coach is what making players better which is probably quite hard to do but I think you see evidence of that with with Murray we've already spoken about Care O'Reilly guys who now at this point in the season look much better than they did at the start of the season and, and better than they did at the end of last season as well. So uh, I, I think he, I suspect he's a good coach. Don't know how good his recruitment is. Okay, maybe not the most uh, rousing in the dressing room, but that that's, that doesn't probably doesn't matter. A lot of premiership managers can barely speak English and still do a good job. So uh, potentially he's a, he's, a, he's a good coach the, the, the other point is he's, he's done well enough that, that Falkirk might decide that, that they'll take Ian Murray because he'd have a good chance of uh, of getting him uh, out of the league so it'd be funny after as all having been in the in, in the Murray out camp if he, if he does go and it's, it's his own decision rather than ours Very true Right, play, playoffs. So uh, probably for all three of us, a lot of emotional scarring when you hear those words. Um, but David, <laughs> you've said, like, so well, there you, let's what's let's share some. What's been your worst playoff memory? Well, I said at the start, I'm not very good at remembering the ball, right? So I think I've managed to block some of them out. But probably the most recent one against Alloa, given that it was. Um, you know, our ex-keeper that we had let go because we were supposedly going full-time and he could only stay part-time. Saving penalties, right? That was gutting. And I think it was doubly gutting for me because it was probably the biggest heartbreak at that point in time for my son in terms of being an Airdrie fan. And I know how crap it can be sometimes. So seeing it for him was more painful. So, as I say, he's older, he's wiser now, uh, and he's he's seen a lots of up and down since. So there's, there's every hope that we can turn that round, but that penalty loss at Alloa, that was tough to swallow, I think. I think we had chances to put that game away and didn't, and then ended up losing, as I say. It's always ex-players that come back to haunt. There's usually scoring against us, but this time, you know, keep it. it's terrible. His name has escaped me. I'm sure one of you can jump Neil, in and Neil, say his name is Neil Parry. Neil Boyhood, Airdrie fan Parry. Superb keeper. Yeah. Well. yeah. Aye. He was like, go because it was part-time. It should never have happened. It was ridiculous. You're right, David. It should never have happened. Came back and bit us in the bum. And um, it just makes it that more gun. Because you want to you want to hate on folk that put you but you can't because he's a good guy and, and he was great for us. And we let him down, not the other way around. But fingers crossed this time, I, I've racked my brains. I don't think Cove have got anyone that can work against us, have they? Like no ex Airdrie players tucked in the ranks, is there? Oh, late, late McIntosh. Yeah, I like Oh my God, aye, geez, oh. <laughs> Mind you, I don't think they're loving him that much right now, and he's not done anything yet, touch wood, right? Um, and then I was thinking, is it Morton, if we could be under or Montrose? I think similarly, I don't think there's any real banana skins in terms of ex Airdrie players to come back and want this. <laughs> um, no. aye, that, that would be me, it'd be Aloha then, the Aloha one, the most recent one. Hibs. I was just a kid at till 10, 10, 11 years old. I remember, I remember the years before that we'd you know, always been such a great cup team. We'd met Hibs in like the Coca Cola Cup a couple of times and put them out. I remember going into that playoff thinking, "Excellent, we can do this." It's Hibs, and I was just a gutter. Um, I know it's Sandy Stewart on goal. 
I think it was Andy Rhodes that got credited with the own, the own goal because Johnny Martin had been injured in the run in, uh, so Andy Rhodes signed uh, and we, you know, we lost 1 0 in a bit of a nothing game at Easter Road. Aye. Uh, but it was an OG, we need to check. I and think, I think then, it was Andy Rhodes in the second leg. We got an early penalty, um. Well, one nil um, up. Paddy Conley and Stevie Cooper yeah. got the penalty to put us two nil up. Aye, and uh, downhill for then. That was that will always be my worst memory as an Airdrie fan. But um, then you've got you take your pick for the rest. Sterling Albion two nil yeah, up away. I was a toss up between depending on what you said, Sterling or Hibbs. So two nil up with five minutes to go at their place. Lose two late goals and then in the return leg. When you think, okay, right, reset and go again. We were two 0 down within five minutes. So yeah, it's, comfortably. It's a, and something like, that game. Yeah, something like ten minutes of real time football, we end up uh, losing four goals. I think we said on here recently that actually it was it was Robert Snodgrass and, and David Bingham. So yeah, maybe there's a bit more justification for how we managed to lose four goals to Sterling, um, but but really painful. Um, Right, so so they, we've got the we've vented. We've got <laughs> sometimes we could talk about these things. Are you feeling confident ahead of ahead of these, this one? After that discussion, no. We've not got a playoff win to talk about. It's all defeats. I think if we get by Cove, I'll be confident. But uh, I, I'm not confident that we can get by Cove over the two legs. But then again, I'm looking at our form and thinking, why not? It's just the whole the stigma of the playoffs. We just don't perform in them. Our luck doesn't go our way. I've got a thought on that though, right? I, I've i looked at some of the ones we've had in more recent history and I've thought, again, we weren't in form. There was players, I think, that already knew they were moving on. They'd signed contracts with other teams or they were, they were getting let go, right? And they just didn't play for the jersey. And in some of the games, there just wasn't the effort there that I thought there should have been, right? Cove... I think us beating them the other week, them resting six players, I think. I think that psychologically can go against them. Because when you look at the first game where we drew with them, right? Uh, second game we lost, but, you know, obviously by one. And there was circumstances in there that made it really difficult for us. I think that one psychologically is huge for us. We are now the team on forum. So I think we can go there with more confidence than we maybe would have. So that's fine. For me, if it's Montrose, if we were to get through Cove, we've got nothing to fear. It's the it's Morton. That's the unknown entity. You know, obviously their fans are going to say they're dross because of where they are in the league, but they're still playing in a hell of a lot tougher league than ours. So it'll be a challenge. But I am the ever optimist. You know, I've been the Scotland fan that's been shot down for the last 20, 30 years, waiting for us to get to another international tournament, right? But we've done it. Finally, so maybe, maybe this is the time now for you know bad kind of form to get broken. Maybe this is our moment now to actually put to bed the bloody nightmares, get the monkey off the back, and just give us something really exciting to look forward to next year or next season. I'm, I'm going where we can do it. I'm going with the positive. We can do it, and it would be great to do it. Um... The, the Cove, Cove starting with the game up there, it's going to be really hard because their home record is brilliant. And, and yes, we won up there last week. They did rest, guys, but hopefully that gives us some confidence. Um, I think I would take a draw up there right now and then 
I think the, the win against Falkirk could be really important. So with them being part time, I don't know how easy it is for even just the players to get the day off work or whatever. They're going to have to come down to Airdrie midweek, uh, and we're on we're on good form, and our guys, a lot of them, are full time, so they, they don't have those those stresses. So I think having that, being able to go up to Cove on a Saturday and then have the the, the second leg at home. Um, Really, just keeping everything crossed that makes a makes a difference. Um, but the, the, somebody posted that like last six games for him and Falkirk have got one point, but Cove only had I think eight, whereas we had fifteen. So our, our form is really really good. Yeah, just got to hope that we we can maintain that. Um, when you look at the form guide, there's, there is no reason we can't do it. Um, we I've, I can see is going up there and keeping it tight and just making it the second leg a cup final. Uh, as you say, they're being part-time, a lot of players travelling down, but you'll probably find a lot of them might be based in the central belt anyway. But um, I bring it on. Why, why not this time? I think, I think I'll tell you though, guarantees it's not going to be a comfortable sitting watching us knock the ball about for, for four games. It's going to, it's going to be absolutely nerve-shredding, as the East 5 game uh, was and the, the, the Forfer game before that. So uh, one thing's guaranteed, I'm going to have more grey hair at the end of it all. Yeah, and I think the thing is, right, we, we can't go and play for a draw. We, we just can't do it. I've not seen us do it. We need to go there to win. And I know that sounds very bullish and, and forward thinking, right? But we went there and won as recently as a couple of weeks ago. Now, yeah, they'll bring other players back, but we've still got to go with that attitude. We are better going forward than we are sitting in. One of the most frustrating things, although it's worked for us in recent weeks, is us starting to take the ball into the corner with 10 minutes left. That frustrates the life out of me, right? Because nobody happier than me to see Turner take the ball away for the corner before eventually scoring the other day. But I don't like that mentality of just sitting in and holding on. I think we are far better as a team moving forward. And the fitness has definitely showed. We've scored quite a lot of late goals recently. So I think we've got to go there with the attitude of winning that game. And then, as you said, Colin, they've then got the tough journey. We, we did brilliant getting second because I think that midweek journey is a tough journey and I'm glad it's them and not us. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. I'll try and get some podcast throughout this playoff adventure and hopefully it's a it's a two game one rather than a, a one game one but um, it's, it's brilliant to have something at the end of the season because it's so rare that it's happened over the last 10 years so um, it's the kind of thing that, that, that Ben will really remember at the, the age that he's at and, and even us being a, quite a bit older uh, can, can enjoy uh, and let's just hope we finally break this playoff hoodoo overdue aren't we it is, it is long overdue Long overdue. And you know what? It can be the sort of thing that revitalises the club. We've always been on the brink of doing good things and great things. I know, David, you talked about some of the recruitment in the summer, but I think at the time, a lot of people were quite excited by some of the signings and it's just not panned out for a lot of them. But if we can get that boost of getting promoted right there and getting back into the stadium, I think there'll be an opportunity to get some returning fans. There'll be bigger crowds, not just for the fact that we've got bigger teams we're playing against, but I think we'll be able to attract more people in because we're playing a better quality opposition. I think it's crucial for the club. It's not um, make a break, of course, right? But it is crucial for the club to eventually get back into the championship and we are we're as close to it as we've been in a wee while. So, fingers crossed. Yeah, and, and you have the dream of, you look at Livingston, have gone up there 
and got another promotion. Wraith Rovers are in the promotion playoffs. So if you if you go out and you can do some good recruitment, um, who knows? The, 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 the stadium is crying out for football at a higher level to make the whole business make sense. So we just need to we just need to hope that this is the time. So okay, guys, thank you very much for, for your time. David, welcome and, and thank you for agreeing to, to join us. Uh, let's let's all enjoy the game and we'll, we'll catch up soon. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for having us. Take care. Come on, the diamonds. No more sorrow.